0: Well, thanks a lot for joining us, everyone. It's a pleasure to have you with us once again. Uh, we talk with uh, so many great advisors, and you know, the topics seem to center around a, a few different things. Number one is your people. And today, you're in luck because we're going to talk to one of the foremost experts on hiring uh, top talent. And uh, this... this. Uh, Person is very well connected in Orange County and around the country. Kathy Dawson is the CEO of Dawson and Dawson National Search and Staffing. And we're going to talk about this, this topic of how to hire top talent, so you can get some ideas, because it is tough out there. There is, a, as we all know, a very low unemployment right now. And so you need to uh, be on the look at it all times for top people. So without further ado, Kathy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I've heard a lot about your radio program, and I've met you multiple times, and it's just been taking me too long to get here. I just am so excited. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, I've been wanting to have you on here for quite a while because our listeners are constantly in search of great ideas and and tips and precautions now a couple years ago we weren't in this low unemployment situation Um uh, hiring good people's always been important but uh, it's tougher than ever now so i i'm looking forward to this topic the, uh, the you know as we said these are some challenging times so kathy I bet you've seen a lot since you've been in the search and staffing game for thirty five plus years i can't believe that tell me a little bit about I your know. background how you got into this <laughs>
1: Well, that's a great story. Thanks for asking. Uh, well, it was kind of out of happenstance. I relocated here to Southern California and was with the corporation and couldn't transfer at the time of strike. And so I decided that I should use my personality and my desire to help others in a different kind of career because I was with the telephone company before. And so I, I got into the staffing business, and and voila, 35 years later, I'm waking up going, "Am I still in it? What happened?" You know, it's been exciting and fun and different almost every year. So, um, But the reason why I got into it and the reason why I've been into it for so long is really the end result, which is to inspire people and communities and organizations and help people have hope for the f- and focus for the future. Um, my dad, unfortunately, was a, uh, is a, a veteran and got out of the service and couldn't find a job. And he and my mom divorced, and it was a very sad time in our family, as you can imagine. And so I realized that looking for meaningful work was much more important than just finding a job. It was about your families and being happy and being a good citizen and and that sort of thing. So that's how it all got started uh, way back when, 35 years ago. And um, our company has uh, done quite a bit of sort of ebbing and flowing. I was with a corporation for 25 years, as most entrepreneurs are, not that long usually, but they are with other companies first. And they find out sort of the things that aren't being able to be met by those clients. And I realized that I had a niche in doing something a little bit different, and so went out on my own in 2008. So that's how it got started for Dawson & Dawson.
0: Let's dust off your memory banks for a second and go way back. Who were some of your first clients? What did they look like?
1: Oh, my gosh. So, great question, too. Um, uh, In the beginning, it was a lot of real estate, because remember, this is 1983. So, I'm in Orange County, and there's a lot of orange groves and strawberry fields, which you don't see today. And there was a lot of development going on. So, it was really uh, by design that I saw a niche in the real estate market and uh, decided to do some placement in that arena. It went from actual home builders, commercial builders, to mortgage uh, companies, and then to finance companies. And then to manufacturers and so forth. So, um, but it was that year that it was really really tight. Also in 1983, because there were not many employees that really wanted to work for a developer in those days. Um, you know, people were sort of anti-development. They wanted their orange groves and their strawberry fields, and, and I can relate. So, uh, it was a, a tricky uh, way to uh, move forward, but it was a lot of fun. So, uh, so it, it developed from that first, and then went on to others, um, other types of industries. And now we work nationwide with any industry, any marketplace. We just require that you care about your employees and about the success of your company, which sounds funny to say, but it's actually very true because some companies don't. They just want an exit strategy. They just want a person that's a successor for them hired, and they just want to get out. And, and that's okay too, but when I hire that success, succession person for them, I make sure that they have those two things as well.
0: One huge change in all of that time, Kathy, is that uh, technology, uh, the, the <laughs> you know how someone gets their information out there, how you look for someone, and and how easy it is, I, I would imagine today, uh, I guess it's easy and hard because it's easy because you have uh, national, maybe international search capabilities, but hard because you have so many more uh, employees to choose from, right?
1: Yes, yeah, yes, oh, so different. You're absolutely right. Back in the day, we didn't even have fax machines, if you can imagine that. And uh, they were memory typewriters, but not really computers. So um, now today you can, you know, flip a switch and push a button and away you go and you have access to literally tens of thousands of people. Um, however, it doesn't really change the process in that, you know, you need to make sure that whoever you are engaging with for inter- interviewing for a job, that they have the same values and uh, morals that you have and the drive that you are looking for in that role in your company. And uh, back then it was all, you know, they, I think they did fax resumes as I can recall, we did have a fax at one point, and, um, and then we would have all of our jobs distributed by a courier to our branches because there was no way to get them there <laughs> any, any other way. Right. Um, and then the, the, it's so crazy. And the talent it, themselves it, were, were not very technology savvy either because it was all kind of coming out. And I remember this specific mortgage banker that did multifamily that I worked with that um, he actually had uh, many offices and he was building. I had, started with him at, with 20 employees and helped him get to three hundred and fifty and I did seventy five percent of his hiring in that growth mode and we he was the first client that ever said they wanted MS, Microsoft Office. And I said, What's that? Because back in the day it was word perfect, do you remember? And Lotus. Right, right. And, you know. Yeah. So different, so different. So when I thought, wow, that that's a really cutting edge company, I better get with the program so I immediately went out and bought Microsoft Office because he, his company was using it. So it has yeah that windows
0: a that windows thing that'll never catch on that's that's just a bad <laughs> <Exactly>. right um, <laughs> yes, so exactly. so tell tell us what does it look like now what does it look like now uh, to the overall um staffing environment how how different is it and what do our listeners need to know about how to take advantage of some of the the things that are available now versus then
1: Great question. Um, So the way it's changed now is that a lot of companies that do what I do are pretty much, you don't really talk to them. You just send an email. They do a search in their database. They send you, you know, say three to ten resumes, maybe 20, it depends. And uh, and then you, the employer, the person who's doing the hiring, you look at all those resumes, you see which ones are great, and then you email them back and say who you want to see. You actually even email them offers. So there's very little human interaction with some of the companies versus the kind of companies that we like to work with. So um, you know, it's a point and a click kind of thing. But what happens is that you make a lot of mistakes doing it that way because you're not engaging with the, the company that you're working with. So, if you are having difficulties filling a position, which, at three point nine percent unemployment rate, everybody is, <laughs> you know. So, and they say that um, that just went down from four point one, by the way, um, a couple of weeks ago. And so, it's three point nine, and they say anything under four is really not good for us as a, as a country. And. They say 3% of those people that they're counting in that percentage are unemployable, which means that they're applying for unemployment because they're being noted and counted, but they're not qualified for most of the jobs that are out there today because they don't have the technology or they don't have the experience or they're not a right culture fit. Because Those are the three Mm -hmm. things that we look for. So as an employer looking to hire, if you're having difficulty, the real uh, suggestion I would have is to sort of say in your mind, okay, I really need, let's say it's a customer service manager. I need a customer service manager. I need someone who's really going to wrap their arms around my clients because maybe they're having a client issue or a a, a manufacturing issue, and so they really need to be overboard in that regard. And so if they back away from just that whole process and say, if I were one of my own customers, what kind of person would I want to talk to? And what kind of leader would I want to be raised up to if I had an issue? And then find out how they interact in the real problem-solving Sort of situation because we can all do fairly well when things run well. The challenge is finding somebody who can support you in that kind of role, who can do well in the time of crisis, and so. Um, having a sort of well-rounded version of what you're looking for is the first thing and then the second thing is to go where those people go so you know there's a lot about a lot of the online uh, you know job sites and that sort of thing but again it's just like somebody's resume it's a resume database so it doesn't do anything else for you but give you the resume you still have to do all that matching and the work and the interviewing and making sure that they're going to be able to do the job that you want them to do so um, having clear uh, definition of what you want them to do and being able to take those skills that you're looking for and ask really good questions about how they've done that in the past will help our listeners so much. Because typically what happens is they have someone in either HR or a friend who gives them a job description, and they use that, which is probably not well written to what they need, and then they interview the people and they let their heart do the talking, not the facts do the talking, because we like to hire in our own image. It's a well-known fact. So if I like you and you like me, which we both do, I want to hire you, Bill, because you're so great. But then all of a sudden Bill comes into my office and he has no clue what he's supposed to do, but, he, but we get along, you know. So that does not right, lead for right. success and growth in the company.
0: We, we coexist miserably at that point, right? I mean, we, we like each other, <laughs> but I'm just not getting the job done, darn it. And, and, and right. with so much human engineering software and analyses and things like that, how do those factor into some of these things today? Because those didn't exist 35 years ago either. These are all fairly new types of things where you can measure a uh, person's maybe the way they think or approach problem situations. Yes.
1: Yes. What you're referring to, I think, is which is um, uh, really smart on your part, and that is it's called emotional intelligence. So it's really yeah. easy to test skills, right? It's really easy to test what they've done. It's, it's really easy to do reference checks and to find out, you know, how did this, this person perform in their past, you know, employment. However, that emotional intelligence, I referred to it a little bit earlier, which is about people that are um, not, they're in crisis situations, like how do they handle that? How do they handle how do they handle when they don't get their way? You know, because it, it, we don't. It's called job for a reason. <laughs> it's called work for a reason, right? Because it is. Mm-hmm. And so right. a lot right. of the people today, what they, they think is they can go into a company and kind of demand what they want, and they don't really have to perform very much because the uh, rate unemployment rate is so low that there's a lot of jobs out there. However, what happens is if you don't know what their emotional intelligence is, when you get them in a position and they're not being themselves on, on show, so to speak, as a new kid on the block, they're going to behave how they normally would behave in the past. So if you can figure that out, that's the best thing. So there are lots of evaluations, personality assessments. If you Google emotional intelligence assessment, you can find you know literally ten to twenty of them, and some you have to pay for, some you don't. Um, I like a lot of the the uh, the disk is great. I think Um, there's many of them out there though that I'm sure listeners would know, Mm -hmm. and if they don't, they can simply you know email me and I'll be happy to send them some links. Um, But um, they can Google it and find out. And again, very reasonable rates usually, and. Some of them are you know thousands of dollars, and they have psychologists sit down with them for a day and that sort of thing you know, i, I don 't think that 's necessary on all fronts, uh, but um, if it 's uh, the number one successor and you're number you know, two person in your company, it may be well worth that investment
0: Good point, point. and uh, you know I guess uh, part of this is getting the right person in the right seat doing the right things right so one of the things that, uh, that I hear a lot is, you know, uh, of course, you, you put all the factors together with 3.9% unemployment. Uh, so the people I want are probably already working. I, mean, I would imagine they're already working somewhere. So I need to basically approach somebody and hire them away. And to do that, I'm probably going to have to add in some kind of a sweetener. Now, do you help employers that are looking for, for talent that's already working somewhere uh, figure out what that might be to, un, to to lure somebody away? Maybe it's a bonus or something, you know, some kind of a a sweetener to to get them into their their employment.
1: Yes, absolutely. So with our clients, what we do is we actually do a whole deeper dive so um, one of our, our number one processes is when we get a client, a new client, the first thing we do within 24 to 48 hours of engaging with that client, we go out and visit them. And since we're a national uh, company, it may be Idaho or it could be Georgia, it could be wherever, and they either you know give us a plane ticket or I have some local people who will come and they'll do a culture evaluation. Uh, if not, there's, this, there's Skype and there's FaceTime and so they walk us around the office and they introduce us to the key executives and the people in the company, and we get a feel for that culture, whether it's in person or online, and then we assess that culture. So let's say a lot of law firms, you know, it's very quiet, they have their heads down, they're, you can see smoke coming up because they're doing so much quality work, um, and then you have sales organizations where you have seas of people that are happy to be there, making things happen, and they are they're playing games in the background, and there's a ping pong table, and you know, this and that. So you get a real feel for what the culture is. So then in our process, We put down what the culture is and what their likes and and dislikes have been with their past employees. We do actually an evaluation of their number one employee in that position that they've had in the past. Why was this person successful? How were they successful? What made them successful? And how do we duplicate that success with a new employee? And so we do this very uh, uh, um, 10-point assessment. And then that goes in our database so that at any point when we fill any position with that company, we know what culture fit looks like and we believe 75% of a hiring decision is based on culture so why do we spend so much time on that? it's that important. The skills we do, we also, you know, have an assessment. We have over 2,000 skills we can test for, you know, from the typing to the word to the Excel to even other languages um, and other things. Um, and, you know, data entry, all of those things. Like I said, there's 2,000 of them that we have at, at Access for us for our clients. And so we can do that easy enough. We can do the references to see, were they on time every day? Are they good employee? Are they a collaborator? And the references can be tricky, too, Bill, because with this litigious, society that we're in today, most employers are not likely to say a bad thing about somebody because if it gets back to the employee, they can be sued, and rightfully so. And so, you know, you have to find a way of getting the references that may not be as mainstream. Um, So, you know, that's how we sort of assess and evaluate and how we help clients, you know, figure things out. So when you say, do we help them with how to sort of come up with ways to make sure these people are, are really ready for or the job at hand, um, the answer is yes. And uh, since I've been doing it for 35 years, I've seen a lot of ways, and some of them are amazing, and some of them are not. And it usually is based on the employer, what culture they have, what they like, what they don't like. And then we put a plan into place, and then we work that plan just like you would in business.
0: You know, it just sounds to me like you have hyper-perfected this, uh, <laughs> this process, Kathy. Congratulations on that. No wonder you have such a fantastic reputation. You know, your firm. you're telling me things that seem very unique to what I usually hear. Um, so you're unique in a lot of different ways. It sounds like the culture evaluation is very unique, the 10-point evaluation. What other ways are, are, would you consider your firm unique from what you've seen out there?
1: Well, we do a lot of things for free, which is a good thing in my mind. And being the owner, I can say that in good conscience. Uh, and that, is that you know is that we'll meet a client and we'll realize that they're probably their own worst enemy. And I'm in a position, a very unique position, or my team is, to be able to give honest feedback to that employer and to say, hey, John or Sarah, you know, you're telling me this is what you're really looking for, but you've had five people in that seat in the past, and this is what the outcome was. And there's only one common denominator here that we probably should look at, and do you really need to have this person and can you have that person report to somebody else if they really are not a good leader or a good manager or a good owner? And listen we're all we're not perfect let's face it you know we have a lot of uh, issues you know on an ongoing basis as, as humans however in an employment situation as an owner you have the opportunity to hire in your weakness and that's what I'd like to help companies do is assess where they're at assess where they're headed so we don't just hire for today day we actually say okay you want to hire let's say um let's see, a logistics manager. You want to hire a logistics manager. Well, where are you? Where, where are they going to be sending things to? And how big is that team? And how is this a national or international company? Is it air freight or is it water? What is it? And then let's get an expert in here because in five years, three to five years, maybe their board of directors and investors wants them to go international and they're not. They're just national. So we try to put people in the place, in the seat that will help them grow because we know that if they're already doing a a good job and doing well, then when that time is they're needed, they're going to be called up, their expertise is going to be used, and that client's going to just thank us over and over again for having the foresight to know, okay, let's look at the future. So So many times, Bill, what happens is they're just in a need and they need to fill that seat today. And they make very quick decisions on putting someone in that position because they don't have time to be picky, they think. However... It doesn't take that much time. It just takes a good partner like a Dawson & Dawson because we are going to do that for you. We're going to sit you down, figure out what's going on, where you're headed, even an exit strategy as you've mentioned earlier on, on the radio. you know, At some point, you know, I'm not going to be around. My clients aren't going to be around. So who's going to take their place? How is this company going to continue to live and, serve and thrive, not just survive? And so hiring experts in that industry and or in that type of uh, new product line they're looking for is going to be helpful to them long term. And then they won't have to call me and hire someone who knows that. They already have someone in-house that does it and, and they like that too.
0: Excellent. You know, that, that really makes a lot of sense, and it sounds like you've really developed a culture of caring, which is uh, sorely lacking in today's business environment. <laughs> so, again, applause for I that. I totally agree. So <laughs> if you were, if you were uh, talking to uh, one of our listeners, what tips, ideas, or precautions would you give them, Kathy, about, about hiring a uh, top talent?
1: So I think the first thing I would say is just slow down for a minute, take a deep breath, and figure out what you really need. So start out at the core basics of, why do we need to fill this position? What does it do for our company? How effective is it today? Why do we even need to fill it again and or create a new position like this? And what is the specific role and outcomes are they going to expect with that role and how then do we feel it if we decide to move forward I I, I operate like this Bill I never make a decision in in anything for 24 hours no matter how good I feel it is or how bad I feel it is I give it 24 hours because it seems like overnight I become more clear and I recommend that to my clients quite a bit I'll say you know just take a minute take a breath let's think about this because we don't want to pull the trigger in a bad way we want to pull the trigger in a Good way. So, um, first advice would be, you know, slow it down. Figure out what you really need. The second advice would be, um, really understand what you're looking for and what that's going to cost. Because what happens is when you get into a conversation about salary, compensation, and so forth, um, candidates will become offended if you offer them less or don't recognize certain things about their background. And you need to understand as an employer that starting out your relationship, you know, with a, a person and negotiating down on salary is probably not going to work in your best interest because they're always going to feel like, you know, everything that you do from that point on is going to be have that same theme. So go in with your best offer, really uh, make sure that you are understanding what they're going to, you know, contribute to your organization. And as you probably know and the listeners probably know, we cannot ask their past salary histories anymore, which is a brand new law that came out as of the beginning yeah. of Q- 2018, which is very, I mean, after 35 years of doing this and always knowing their salary history, I was thinking, oh my goodness, how are we going to work through this one, you know? (laughs) And right. <laughs> I will say it's become much easier than I thought it would be. So now they need to just say, "What is your interested? In, what is your salary range you're interested in?" So you can ask salary range, but you cannot ask salary history. So to me, that's equally as good. But you know, don't lowball them if they say they're going to look for you know 100 to 120. Bring them in at 98 because you know they haven't worked in two months. That's going to set the tone the wrong way. So go in with a good offer. Understand what their value is and then the third thing lastly is to really really do good references so a lot of times and that's why people hire us also to do references but a lot of times you'll call and you know they'll say we can't do it, we can't do it, we'll just verify dates and you know salary and you go through even an automated attendant that does that Um, so I try to get people who have worked with them in a leadership role whether it's their direct supervisor or not is really not as relevant if I can't get the direct supervisor and when you get to that person, getting them off the record, talking to you about the pluses and minuses of this employee. And what I recommend you do is tell them, the reference, the job at hand you want them to do. So John's going to be doing A, B, C, D in his, in his role. How do you think he would do in that role? And then they're going to tell you specifically how they think that person would do in that role. And they are going to be honest to you if they feel like they can trust you. So, you know, they have to have that sense of trust because They don't want to, you know, have somebody come back and say, you said this about me and it was wrong. Um, So getting to know that person from another person's perspective who's worked with them is I think the third thing that I would recommend our listeners really do. And I know it's a pain. It takes a lot of time. You've got to chase these people around. uh, But, you know, it's that important. I would not hire anybody in my company without reference checking them.
0: Well, Kathy, uh, and for our listeners, you can hear the you can hear your knowledge and uh, excitement shine through as to what you know, how passionate you are for what you do, and helping um, uh, people find opportunities and opportunities find people. And the website is beautiful; Uh, it's it's full of information. And you you know, our listeners, you can you can go to Dawson Dawson Inc. I didn't I didn't stumble Dawson Dawson Inc. uh, (laughs) dot com. And check out the website. It's fantastic. You now, let me tell you something else about Kathy. She is connected uh, mightily in, uh, in California and other parts of the country with uh, a group of thousands of advisors. So if you have any questions about any areas surrounding your business for advisors, Kathy is the person to ask about because she knows a lot of people. I've, I've been to some of the groups that she leads for a group called Provisors, and it, it's a fantastic organization. And Kathy, you do a great job within that organization. You're well-loved in that organization. So, <laughs> I really appreciate that.
1: That's nice. How do
0: our listeners... That. Best get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you do and and how you can help them
1: well, I think the the easiest way is just the old fashioned telephone <laughs> so that oh that's that, my phone okay. num- <laughs> my my phone number is nine four nine four two one. But you can simply Google Dawson, Dawson, Inc., I-N-C. That's Dawson with nothing in between. So it's www.DawsonDawsonInc.com, and you'll see how to reach me there. Um, so that's probably the easiest way. And I'm on email as well, um, which is Kathy.Dawson at DawsonDawsonInc.com. Um, I did want to say the reason why I'm so well-connected, Bill, is because I'm uh, very involved in the Women's Business Enterprise. I was on the executive forum there, which is called WeBank, for those of you that know about the women's um, uh, sort of uh, business entrepreneur there. And then I was the past president of NABO Orange County, which is the National Association of Women Business Owners and then i was the past president of women's business institute <laughs> so i i would say that's probably why i'm so connected and i have over 12,000 connections on linkedin and i'm happy to share them with anybody who links in to me and says you know they'd like an introduction i do a lot of that sort of thing too um, because i feel like you know we all win when one person wins and uh, back in the old days back in the 1980s as I said when I got started you wouldn't tell anybody anything ever right because you were so afraid that they'd steal your stuff and take your information and move on but these days it's about helping each other and you know I've been doing it for 35 years so I'm just trying to train up some really good people whether they work for my firm or another firm that does what I do Uh, I'm really excited about uh, sort of helping the industry grow as a whole and so um, the connection are very important to me for sure
0: and your leadership and your enthusiasm are are, uh, well appreciated kathy uh, you have a famous tagline that you like to say (laughs) at some of these meetings would you share it with our listeners
1: sure i say uh think of dawson and dawson when people are coming or going and here it is this is the big part or behaving badly. <laughs> I love it. Because we okay. Yeah, we like to we like to replace those people when they're not behaving the way they should. And companies don't have to put up with, you know, unhappy employees and what I call potsters in their companies. I think sometimes as owners we get to be a little intimidated by the top producers or people who've been with us for a while and they try to hold us ransom at times. And there's no need for that. This is a free country and there's everybody out there is looking for it to better themselves and and you need to better yourself, too, if you have an employee like that.
0: The sound you hear is people's jaws dropping everywhere as they hear that, and they go, you're right, you're right. So uh, give <laughs> Kathy, uh, you know, the other thing that, that Kathy is is called very very regularly is Awesome Dawson, and there's a reason for that. So give Kathy a call. Uh, you have her numbers, 949-421-3966. Uh, the website is dawson, dawsoninc.com. You can email her, kathy.dawson at Dawson, Dawson Inc. Dot com. Kathy, thank you so much. I mean, there's so much information. Um, I took a page and a half full of notes, and uh, I think we just scratched the surface, so we have to do this again now that, now that I've got finally got you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. It's been my, my pleasure. I really appreciate it. And I have to just say, you're an amazing force to be reckoned with yourself, Bill. So thanks for being my buddy.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you, you got that. We, we're, we're buddies, that's for sure. I will see you around, and I really appreciate it. I look forward to the next time we speak, Kathy. Thank you again.
1: Same here. All right, thank you. All right. Bye-bye.